Welcome to 247 Real Talk. Uh, this is your host, Julian Perry. It's a pleasure to be with you once again for another episode of the 247 Real Talk podcast. On this episode, I want to talk a bit about when our children become the perpetrators of violence. So get ready to join this conversation and go down this road with me as we try to understand what's going on in our time. I'll be right back. So good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, welcome to 247 Real Talk Podcast. It's a pleasure to be here with you. This week, uh, I'm recording. It's Wednesday, February 22nd, just after 9 p.m. Um, I hope you had a great week. I hope that you had a productive week. I hope that all the efforts you've been making to make a change uh, shows some sense of progress this week. Um. I'm looking down here, and if you see me looking down, I'm looking down because I have my phone here. And as I often say to you, when I when I determine what episode or what the topic of an episode will be, a lot of times I get sidetracked because it has something in the news comes out that catches my attention enough that I must speak about it. So this week we're going to talk about, I have it right here, uh, when our children become perpetrators of violence. And what prompted this discussion for me is, and I'm reading here, um, Adriana Kuch, I think it's pronounced Kuch, K-U-C-H. This is a young lady in uh, New Jersey, I believe, who committed suicide after being beaten to a bloody pulp by other girls in school. Um... The reason doesn't really matter from this conversation, but from what I read, it had something to do with um, some friendship she had with some other girl. And what really got to me was the fact that from what I'm reading, these young ladies, and I don't know how many they were, but I think they are under arrest, beat this girl in the hallway of the school to a bloody pulp. Now, I think, I don't know want to jump on, on those particular circumstances of what happened with the fight because I'm reading different things. I'm reading she was walking with her boyfriend or someone else. But the point is, number one, no one protected her. She's in school. Whether it be other students, whether it be teachers, whether it be uh, school. I don't know what happens in Jersey, in, in um, New York. There are school safety officers that walk the halls. There's one thing here that says, uh, let me see, someone took a water bottle. I'm not sure whether when they said water bottle, if they're talking about the plastic bottle or 
you know, water bottle similar to something like, uh, I don't know, something like this that we would use to drink water that's actually made out of metal. But she was, you know, she was dripping blood apparently when they were done. Then I want to make sure I get the platforms right. They posted it online. Uh, I just saw the list of, 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 of sites here. And that's another part of this discussion. So they posted it on TikTok. Uh, let me get this right. Give me a second here because I'm scrolling really fast through uh, a lot of information. Uh, TikTok, Snapchat, the Daily Mail. Oh, no, the Daily Mail is the, is the uh, news that the, the father spoke to. So the tip, tip, TikTok and Snapchat, the two very popular platforms these days. And ultimately, the embarrassment, the humiliation that this girl faced caused her to commit suicide. I think they said she, her parents or whoever found her in her closet dead. Now, a few things stand out here to me. One, they said that one of the girls that attacked her kept posting taunting comments even after she was dead, even after she committed suicide. So before I get into the real meat of this, and that is the you know the real violence of our children here, our roles as parents and as and as um, mentors, I, I want to go back to the school environment for a moment. We send our children to school to learn. We understand, even growing up as a kid, I as a part of my um, school years where I went to an all boys school. And in all boys school, you know everybody's got bravado as you grow up, and we would get into our, our disagreements. We get into our fights, but the fights never ended up in the bloody pulp. Usually, if somebody drew blood um, at that site, most of the time the other boys would step in and stop it. They would declare a, a winner, and sometimes the loser would feel that the declaration was premature, right? You know, we got, we got our egos. And that was it. There was... You'd be surprised to see the same two guys next day chatting and, and, and days after that as friends. We never beat each other to a bloody pulp. The school always had um, what we called back then in, 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 in the Caribbean school, they called it prefects, people who were students at uh, a higher level or the, top, the, the last level coming out of high school who were given um, authority to help mentor younger children, they would step in. They had powers to, um, I think, if I remember correctly, they had powers to either recommend or assign detention and those sort of things where you had to stay after school. But the thing is that we never thought about it in that way. I had a few scraps in school. But I never thought about hurting the person to the point where I did that kind of damage. I had a few scraps that I lost. And the people who won against me didn't do that much damage. And if you, would, if you got to a point where you were overwhelmed and you surrendered, usually it stopped or it was stopped. I remember at a certain time, we had an outside, we had a patch of grass 
and all the guys would come out and form a big square. And we actually had boxing gloves that we purchased. And the guys who were having this, who were having the, the, sometimes it was guys who were having disagreements. Sometimes it was just bravado. They'd have boxing matches, X amount of round, rounds, two or three rounds. And when it was done, it was done. What we're seeing today is children who are bent on hurting other children, groups, gangs. Gangs, I have to call them gangs because they don't do it. Most of the time, you don't see one-on-one. I remember a few years ago, there was a huge problem in Brooklyn, New York, where there were gangs of girls roaming the streets fighting. And this was girls. I look at my, think about my dear departed mother who was more like a princess, never a warrior, never a harsh word, not a person who raised her voice. And I can't compare anyone that I've seen in these environments this day to her. I understand generations have changed. But the kind of violence our children are committing today, you have to wonder, where do they get that bravado or that, or that braveness from? I know that even when I got into scraps of school, we needed to squash it because I never wanted to get home for my parents to find out. I'm not sure what they would have done because anything I was ever involved in school never got home because none of the kids wanted it to get home. I want to bet that in many households today, parents probably give their kids kudos as the kids relate to them how they beat someone up. It's a long way from one generation to the next and to the next. And here we are, we're a girl in school can get beaten to a bloody pulp without intervention, even as I understand it, and I could be wrong, but I understand it, even by the boys in the school. The guys would, would, would obviously were probably taking video rather than and cheering on rather than stepping in. There's a code today in, 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 in young people that I don't snitch and I don't get involved, and if I step in, then, then they're going to attack me. Where has this ideology gone so much off the rails that now our children are not safe in school? I have a daughter, and I can't imagine my daughter coming home and show me online where there's video of her being beaten to a bloody pulp. I am human. You are human. But what point, where do we, at what point is our threshold where we snap? Because an entire system has failed. And according to what I understand, all the parents are outraged at the school boards and all the levels of, of, of authority there in the school because they seem to not only have all failed, but they seem to, it seems to be a practice of them never reporting and never handling any of these issues. I look at many of the crimes in New York, New York City, the five boroughs. And over the last year, there have been dozens of shootings where the shooter is 15 and 14 years old. A shooter of 15, 14 years old walking around with a gun, able to look at another human and pump four or five bullets into their body, knowing darn well that what the result would be. And it's obvious that their intent was not to hurt, but there was such hatred and anger that they wanted to kill. Some say it's gang initiations. But even with a gang initiation, you have to have that temperament. You have to have that or have worked yourself up into a place where you're willing to hurt another human being and take a life. And these are children. 
most of the time, children will grow up and see adults fighting. And many of in our time pledged not to be like that adult that was fighting. Most of the time when you saw adults fighting, you wanted to say if there wasn't some um, reason for the altercation that they, that they were of a certain mentality, of a certain behavioral pattern. But these are children. And at 15 years old to pick up a gun and shoot someone, you can't tell me a 15-year-old has completely lost their innocence. And where are the parents? When this girl died of suicide, are you telling me that the parents were so oblivious that they didn't know this was going on? And what do the parents, how do the parents react to their daughter, to a part of a group that hurts someone else? If my daughter, and I love my daughter dearly, but if my daughter were involved in something like that where she hurt someone with that kind of evilness, first of all, I would be shocked because that's not the way I'm raising her. Second of all, I'd be shocked because I remain a part of everything she does in her life and I pay attention to her growth. I take the time to listen to what she says, to, to the content of what she's saying, to the words that she's using, to understand where her exposure is coming from and what her exposure is. Listen carefully when they talk about their friends and when they laugh or boast about something or, 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 or yeah, boast about something that happened in school, what the content of that is, what happened in school, and what was their position on it, how they feel about it. We need to take a hold of our youth again. They need to understand, and they know right from wrong. It's not so much the right from wrong to me, it's what they can get away with. Now, nobody wants to support 15-year-old girls going to prison for years. But something has to be done. Maybe it's not prison, but maybe it's a different school with, 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 with military-like restrictions. Something to scare them straight or to force them straight because if this is what they're doing at 50, imagine what they're doing at 25 and 35. Not to say that some people don't turn their lives around, but I want to believe that the majority won't because this behavior is obviously tolerated at home. Unless the parents are completely oblivious to what's going on with their children, which could be the case too, Someone needs to know and someone has to know. I understand that we live in a world where minorities are struggling so much in a country that, and, and a society that has ignored them, ignored their struggles, where they work in two and three jobs, where they, they see their child just to wave high and by, where someone else or some other relative is raising their child. But, and, and, and while I understand the need for survival, we've got to figure out somehow in all that business and all that madness to pay attention to our children. You know, we often hear people say, our children are the future. If this is what's going on with our children now, what is their future? I don't know where I can hide my children and hide my daughter so that she can at least learn about these things but not become one of these things. Because I think in many cases, too, when children get integrated into this society and into these schools, irrespective of what the parent is teaching them, they eventually find a need for survival. Nobody wants to be picked on. Nobody wants to go to school every day in fear that because they're not with the in-group that they risk being beat down for someone else's pleasure. And so what do they do? They join the group. And when they join the group thinking that they'll be safe, one day they find themselves with the group committing a crime 
and now they have to join in that crime, otherwise the group may turn on them, recognizing their weakness. Before you know it, they're caught up in something that they can't turn back from. These girls who beat this girl in Jersey and, and eventually led to her suicide, and they're the cause. They got arrested. Not sure if they'll be charged as juveniles or adults. But even if they're charged as juveniles and they end up doing X, X amount of years in, in, in juvenile detention, who are they when they come out? Because as I understand it, when you go into those institutions, it's more about survival. It's more about being able to fight, and even if you can't, fight into the bitter end to earn respect. When you come out of there, the respect you know is different from the respect we know. The respect we know and the respect I grew up with was apologize or take a step back or diffuse confrontation. The respect that these young kids need to, or seem to know these days is beat someone until they understand who you are, that you have a right to respect. They don't even understand the definition of the word respect anymore. Our children today have lost their class. They've lost the elegance that we grew up with. They've lost the, the innocence that we were part of until we got to a certain age. And when I say we, not all of us, but yes, many of us, and you go two generations back, they've lost the innocence that we grew up with. We, we were sort of, at least when I grew up, I was in a, a cocoon of, 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 of protection and guidance for many years until I was eventually unleashed into the world. And I have to say that that, that upbringing, that, that attention from my parents, that involvement framed not only who I am, but my thought pattern, my, my ability to think on my own and make my own decisions, my ability to find a way to get away from the crowd of violence, to identify as an individual, not part of a group. I am very grateful for the upbringing that my parents gave me. I am very grateful for it because it's helping me to raise my children. But at the same time, I am so worried about their future because I'll be honest with you, and we are human beings. If that was my child, I would work really hard, of course, to protect them. But how as a parent do you react and how do you live with, with, with everything when you find your child in the closet, dead from suicide? Usually those sorts of things destroy marriages and destroy families. And all because of what? Because the school system failed them. Because we as a society failed them. And when I say we as a society, that's so many levels. The levels of schooling, the levels of the, 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 the examples that we're showing. We go all the way to our government in Washington, D.C., and we look at the, our government these days and the deterioration of who they are. The lying, the, the, the hatred, the racism. Government is, represents lawlessness now, lawlessness and, and lack of ethics and lack of morals, lack of decency. And then they come out and show themselves as the leaders of our society. What should our children think? They can no longer aspire to be a, a leader in this country one day because the examples are poor. The examples lack any kind of dignity. And it's trickling down from generation to generation where our children are lost. Lost to the point that even if we hold on tight enough, we still lose them. 
We lose them to a system that says, don't worry what your parents teach you. If you want to survive here, you've got to be part of what the world is today. Or when someone disrespects you, or when, not even someone disrespects you, when some, it's so bad now, when someone disagrees with you, in order to show that you have superiority, you need to join a group or however you do it and beat them to a pulp. When someone is beaten to a pulp, you need to laugh at them and humiliate them because they are weaker or because you, you got over on them because for that moment, you are the strong and they seem like the weak. When someone commits suicide because of your hands and your actions, you go back into social media and you continue to ridicule them because somehow doing that to someone else makes you feel better about yourself. I don't care how poor you are. I don't care how rich you are. We are responsible for what's happening now. We're the ones who have to take a hold of our children and lead them down a path of righteousness to a better life. We can't just turn our backs on the next generation because or act like it's not our problem. And that starts with the parents at home. But it also continues with those folks in Washington, D.C. who need to look to themselves in the mirror and realize that they have completely lost their way where dignity and decency is concerned. We're looking at a government and a chamber that fights the House and the, and the Congress that fight with each other. We're looking at, and I will call names, we have a congressman, George Santos, right now, who's involved in, in, in lie after lie after lie. These are the examples they're setting. We have members of, in, 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 the, in, the, in the House and members in the Senate and even past presidents that set an example that's ridiculous for any human being to follow. And it's hard to argue with them because then they look at you and say, look where I am. I'm the leader of the free world. Where are you? What they're saying to you is their behavior has no consequence. And when young people are looking at them and seeing that they can rise to the top, lacking morals, lacking ethics, lacking decency, making fun of the weak, living in a life of racism and prejudice and showing the world that they don't care. And you can still become the, 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 the part of the leaders of the world. When our, when our children look at someone in, in, like in Russia like Putin and looking at the war in Ukraine and what he did, and, and, and he exudes power according to some people. How do we turn our, to our children now and say that's not the way to go? How do we remind them that they have to work on their gifts that God gives them or God gave them and realize that working with your gifts is not a sprint, it's a marathon? How do we keep our children on the straight and narrow? How do we stop our young children from shooting each other? Whether we like it or not, we are responsible. We the parents, we the aunts, the uncles, the mentors, the teachers, the, the administrators in school, the, the, the governing bodies that, that make sure that institutions like schools are in check. It takes a village to raise a, a child. And our villages are failing, and so are our children. We are so busy with our lives that we don't seem to recognize what we're leaving behind is, a, is not a legacy that uplifts the next generation. It's a legacy that says we ignored that generation and that generation is destroying itself while we sit by and idly watch it do so. I call on each and every person 
each and every adult, each and every mentor, each and everyone who was crawled and scraped and made it someplace and have a, a lesson, a word, an encouragement, an uplifting me uh, message for our youth to get involved not even you know, as individuals and then as a group, make our voices louder to our children. Let them know that even if they had made a they made a mistake now, that there's a path forward and a way back. And hold on tight to the ones who are not yet lost, because they're walking a path that is so perilous that one slip and they become part of the statistic of failure. This is a serious message, not just from someone who's looking on at children committing suicide and children beating each other to a bloody pulp, but as a parent, as a father, who's petrified, who's terrified about what my children will face as they go through their teenage years and into adulthood. I ask you to join me. Don't listen to this podcast and then say, wow, that's real deep or that's whatever, and go about your day. Make it a part of your day. Find out how you can help. My wife goes to my kids' school and, and, and joins the class one day. She's invited and reads to the kids and tells, tells the kids about encouragement and what they can be. When children see that happening at home, they go home and tell their parents. Now more parents are going to the school. They're becoming part of that quilt that will make sure that these children become a part of something positive and successful and not lost to a world that's ready to swallow them up into violence and into ultimately what you would call hell on earth. We have to make the difference. We can't postpone it any longer. It has to be now. I thank you so much for listening to this message, and I hope that I got through to you. I hope that this inspires you. And if not you and you already have your children where they need to be, then share this message with someone who needs to hear and share it with anyone who wants to join the cause. I have switched from network TV, as you know, to YouTube because I find that I have a broader audience and people I can get the message to and have more, uh, larger discussions with. I ask you to subscribe and to share this my YouTube uh, podcast channel so that more of us can join the conversation. Even if that's all that you do, subscribing and sharing will get the message to the people you share. And it will be a, a, an eventual ripple effect that will help me reach a larger audience and have a larger and more constructive and more meaningful conversation. It's been my pleasure to be here with you once again. I'm your host, Julian Perry, and this has been 247 Real Talk Podcast. Have a great week ahead. And until the next time, do take care of yourselves and each other.